Let's get ready to grumble! Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for a Royal Grumble After Dark. Does that mean we can swear? Uh, I was going to discuss this before and I forgot about what's the swearing rule for an episode that's not an official episode. Uh, I'd say we can't swear. Yeah, it's probably... So, uh, listeners, in case you don't know, I, I'm Daryl. Uh, I, I usually sit, sit in corner and make like, racist and homophobic remarks, but I'm the host today because Graham's not here. <laughs> and uh, sitting across the desk from me is uh, Dan. Hi, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, the inmates are running the asylum once again. Yep. Now, ba- basically, uh, we're gluttons for punishment, and we've watched a lot of wrestling that's not WWE this weekend because uh, it's WrestleMania weekend. And uh, Gra- Graham, the smart <laughs> one, has watched Hall of Fame NXT, and uh, we're recording this just before WrestleMania, so uh, uh, he'll have watched WrestleMania as well. So he'll watch all the good stuff. Yeah. That's what you define as good, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because did he watch Joey Janelli's Spring Break? No, he probably didn't. No, I've no. got a funny story about Joey Janelli, right? Which I'm, I know, no, no, right? I want to refer to him as Joey Janelli from now on because uh, there was a live Wrestling Observer mailbag uh, over the weekend. Okay. And uh, I don't, they had, um, it was all audio, so I, I, I don't know who the woman was. I don't recognize her voice, but she introduced uh, Alvarez and Meltzer. But before she introduced them, she introduced a wrestler to the stage to plug his show later in the night. Mm. And uh, she introduced Joey Janelli. Uh, who uh, really didn't like being called Joey Janelli? <laughs> I can imagine not. No, I mean he's not—he's not like he takes himself super seriously. But at the same time, like, I mean, mispronouncing names is one of my favorite things to do. But at the same time, like, I won't do it to someone like I didn't want to annoy. No. Um. So we've got some semi-important news for the podcast, which we'll uh, mention now. I guess. Um. We're in partnership with a website called WeAreNiche.com. Yes. Do you want to tell them a bit about that? Uh, they're a gaming, geek culture, and wrestling website that we are going to be providing some content to over the next few months. Yeah, so it's all exciting, exciting times ahead. Aye. Um, so uh, there's been, a, like we said, there's been a lot of wrestling this weekend. Um, at one point, I think I had 15 hours of wrestling to watch, and I didn't because I just couldn't <laughs> fit it in. Uh, I had all the shows ready to go, and I was like, oh, I can't do it. So. Uh, this is kind of a best of what we've seen. <laughs> best of the rest of WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how many shows have you watched? Do you know Top of Your Head? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shows, not including WWE stuff. Yeah, I've watched three in their entirety, entirety and half of one because I just, I just had to stop. I, I... Somehow I managed to fit a football match and a dog show into that. Yeah? How yeah, was the dog show? That was nice. Yeah? Yeah, it was all like local dogs and rescue dogs. Yeah. As, as you you would want, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of shows. We were talking before we came on the air about this because uh, I'm pretty adamant I'm going to WrestleMania next year. Yeah, I've started saving. Um, it's in New York. I've been to New York once. Uh, best time of my life. Um, <laughs> so I want to go again. Um, you said before we came on the air. And we stopped because I wanted to have a discussion on the air. You're, you wouldn't want to go because you feel like you've been missing out. Yeah. Which is, I know it's a weird logic. But yeah, I get anxiety if I feel like I'm missing out on something. 
So if I was in New York and there was one show happening over here that had loads of good stuff and another show happening over there with loads of good stuff, it would drive me absolutely insane. So, so you would honestly prefer to go to neither of the shows and just watch them after each other on the TV? Yeah, because the other thing I like to do is, you know, save a bit of money. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like, let, let's get this straight. Out of me, you and Graham, you probably do go to some more live wrestling than any of us. Probably, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. So let's say, for example, and I think this is the... Wasn't Ring of Honor on the same night as NXT? Yeah. Right, so for me... I'd, I'd go to NXT all, all, all day. I mean, I, I'm more than likely going to get a travel package, so I'd get the yeah. ticket included. So obviously it's not without question, but even if, if the two shows were both at the Doncaster Dome for the sake of argument, or yeah. one was at Sheffield, one was at Doncaster, I'd go to the NXT regardless, because I, I just that's just me. Yeah. But I think you'd pick the one that's got the better stars or the matches that you're more interested in. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So let's say you wanted to go Ring of Honor, because you think that's the more exciting show. Surely you're not missing out because you're having a really good time seeing Cody versus Kenny having a three-star classic. <laughs> um, and then when you get in, pop it on the network, NXT, and but we watch Johnny wrestling. I'd have been annoyed, and I know we're not talking about NXT on this show, but I'd have been annoyed that I'd have gone to Ring of Honor and then seen that NXT show afterwards with everything that happened on it. Well, yeah, but that's the choice you made. Yeah, like, I know, but, but that drive me mad. Okay, so if you sat at home... And they're both on at the same time. Do you have two screens on? No, because that's it, that's a bit different. So, so what do you what what do you do? Because the live experience to watching it on TV is a lot different. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is you're still missing out because you're not getting you're not getting the live experience, are you? Yeah, but if I stay spoiler free, then it's like I'm getting the same experience from both shows. Kinda, I'd watch the show I was more interested in live, and then just watch the other one afterwards. Okay, okay. Well, we'll yeah. agree to disagree on that. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, like, like, I'll be I'll be going next year and I'll be cherry picking shows and I I won't feel like I'm missing. Let Let's say there's a progress show on the same time as um an ROH show and they've both got guys on that I want to see. Hmm. I'll just che- I'll either pick the cheapest or I'll hmm. cherry pick which one I think's the best card. Like, well, it's, if I jump ahead a second, so like the shows we're covering here, are just on the Thursday, WrestleCon Super Show is on the same time as um, Evolve One Hundred Two. Yeah, so. I would have wanted to do like all the WWN stuff, but WrestleCon Super Show was awesome, and I'd have wanted to do that too. And it had been the choice for that one. I'd have been more like, well, it's the other end at City. Should I stay and watch Evolve 102, which had a really great main event, or go to the WrestleCon Super Show and see Golden Lovers versus Best Friends, and then try and get back to watch the Beyond show afterwards at midnight? And it just creates all this issue for me, and yeah, I'm getting stressed out thinking about <laughs> I just sat here. It is a bit of a shame that there's no way that they can do the shows without clashing, but I think it's good that they're providing a lot of shows which are all pretty well attended. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last time I market. went to WrestleMania, there was two Ring of Honor shows, there was a convention that shared a hall with a gun show, and then there was WrestleMania and Hall of Fame. Did you give them two tickets to the gun show? I did not. Okay. I, I was a bit startled by people walking around with automatic rifles in the street. That yeah, freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> well, I think that's why I want to go to, go to New York again because I think I'm pretty sure guns are banned in New York. Oh, like on the street, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, and then I got called a liar by Stan Hansen. But but were you lying, to Stan Hansen? No. Oh, what well, did he, you? He asked me if I knew who Tony St. Clair was. Do you... he's, he's no world sport wrestler. Yeah. Okay. I, I was trained by 25 year Matt veteran Keith Mayer. I know my world of sport. Yeah. <laughs> 
So then he called you a liar? He called me a liar. He said, I'm too young to know who he is. Why are you lying to Stan Hansen? <laughs> There's one man I won't lie to, it's Stan Hansen. It's all right. I, I get more than like a foot away from him. He can't see me. Yeah, good point. Okay, so uh, before... Uh, this is a really long intro because we need to get we need to get somewhere, but to get somewhere, we need to go down the road to get, it, get to it. So um, big things have happened um, between last recording and now. Um, so, so we'll let the cat out of the bag on that one. We might have recorded a week early on last week's episodes. <laughs> maybe. That's why we weren't on Twitch. <laughs> so uh, D- Dana White announced that Brock Lesnar will fight in the UFC this year. I'm pretty sure that that was his quote. Um, I mean, Dana White says a lot of things. He does. <laughs> um, so that, that makes WrestleMania a little bit more interesting yeah. for us. Um, and then the other MMA news... Well, I'll say the other MMA news. Conor McGregor attacked a bus, but that's nothing to do with <laughs> wrestling. He, he, he threw a dolly at a bus window. Um, but the, the MMA news that matters to us is uh, m- Mr. No, no Significant Strikes in the UFC CM Punk <laughs> is uh, officially signed to fight an, a writer, I think he is. Yeah. He's a journalist, isn't he? Um, uh, Mike Johnson? Uh, no, he's Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. Mike Did Johnson's he... the guy from uh, Pro Wrestling Torch, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, um... Mike, Mike Jackson's the guy that wore the one glove and uh, and he let the kids drink the Jesus juice. <laughs> You can't slander the dead. You can't slander the dead, Dan. <laughs> Graves not here to stop me. <laughs> so yeah, um, you might get a significant strike in this one. Maybe this is the guy that lost to the guy that won the fight to fight CM Punk. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that sentence makes sense. But Again, Graves not here to correct me. UFC messed up on that one a little bit because it turned out the guy who won that fight is way more talented than they expected him to be and then went on to beat their golden boy Sage Northcutt and then has kind of just been like not used that much <laughs> because they were probably a bit annoyed. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's probably a more even fight for him, I guess. I mean, and then yeah, a journalist that's had like one professional, is it even a professional fight that one against Mickey Gall or an amateur yeah, fight? A yeah, a professional fight in UFC. Yeah. So, so we had one professional fight. Um, they're, they're both 0-1, and one, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, I think I think he might have had more than that fight as well, though. Oh. So he's got a bit more experience, but it's it's not a winning record. Do we think CM Punk's going to win, is my question. I don't know, because the problem is, the two times I've seen both of these guys fight, they both got mauled by Mickey Gall. So <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> like, was one mauling harsher than the other? Or I, I don't know. It's difficult. I don't know. But uh, let's move on from MMA. And talk about Matt Riddle's blood sport. Yeah, the, fake MMA. <laughs> the first show of the WrestleMania weekend for me. I watched this live. Yeah. On Fight TV, uh, the stream was half an hour late because WWN do this every year and never get streams working properly. Um, I, I really love my shoot style stuff, so I was really excited for this show. And okay, I've got I've got a quote from myself that yeah. I shouted. I'm going to edit the quote because it does contain a swear. Okay. There's no effing ropes. Yeah, because Matt Riddle doesn't like rope breaks. Clearly. Yeah, so he doesn't like rope breaks, so he decided on the show, well, I'm not going to have ropes because we don't need them. Well, I see his point. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It gives it more of a like grappling feel than a wrestling show. Because one of the things that annoyed me about Tetsujin, I love Travis Banks, but he did his slice of heaven kick off the second I, rope. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's where he jumps up onto the second rope and then turns around as an enziguri kick. Yeah, but is that not like that? Because that bloke in, in MMA land did a 
spinning. Showtime kick. Like, yeah, I think off yeah, the cage, didn't like But that's the showtime kick, and that's crazy. Whereas Travis Banks doing it in a shoot-style fight felt a bit... Fake. I mean, he got some. What do you mean? In a shoot fight, a bloke did a springboard off of a cage and kicked somebody in the head. Yeah, but it was so unusual that something like that happened. Yeah, it's and a I'm, major thing. Right, so Travis Banks did it. How many other people did a springboard kick? Could you not argue that that's unusual? I mean, he did it again in his next fight as well. Oh, well, yeah, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> it I can't it defend like, that. If it, if, well, he did win his first fight with it, but then the second time he tried it on Chris Brooks, and Chris Brooks caught him in a knee bar and submitted him. Okay. Um, are we doing a full rundown or just picking best matches? Um, I'll, I'll let you tell me what matches you want to talk about. Okay. Because a lot of the match, this was, there was only 45 minutes in this entire show of ring time. Yeah? Yeah, uh, and everything uh, else was intro- intros and then um, intermission. I, I, just fast forward in a little bit. I did enjoy this more than the next show we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and th- that might be why. Um, so... Uh, let's talk about Tracy Williams versus Eddie Kingston. Tracy, <laughs> Tracy Williams, not a woman. No, no. Hot sauce, Tracy Williams. I no. thought they were gonna gonna do one of their intergender things. When I, when I heard it with Tracy Williams versus Eddie Kingston, I was like, oh, Eddie Kingston's gonna beat up a woman. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready for this. <laughs> no, tra- hot sauce, Tracy Williams, who has one of my favorite shirt designs. Yeah, I really like that hot sauce shirt he has, where it's just got the lines underneath it. Okay, it's a nice simple design. Um, yeah, so he comes out and Eddie Kingston comes out in a singlet with Matt Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> cornering um, him. This isn't mean disparaging in any way, but did Eddie Kingston remind you a bit of Mikey Riot in this singlet? <laughs> Have you seen Mikey with his singlet on? <laughs> um, I don't know who listens to this show, so I'm not going to pass comment because he lives locally, he might know where I live, Like he might come and get me. Ah, I like Mikey, but... I like Mikey as well, but like... Nice. Mikey, he's working yeah, on it. Yeah, but I've got certain things to say about Eddie Kingston, because okay. he doesn't live near me, uh, so I can get away with it. He'll come and find you, Eddie Kingston. Well, be right. Um, do you know that, like, bumblebees um, are so fat that they shouldn't be able to fly? Yeah. Yeah, he wore yellow, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Yellow's not slimming, is it? I, I will point out something. In an interview with Homicide, talking about his, like, crew of Loki, Kingston, and all them, he said the one guy he wouldn't mess with his entire crew is Kingston, because Kingston is legit crazy. Yeah, be right. <laughs> That's the one. Like, Loki, say what you want about Kingston's him. got to be on some no-fly list, hasn't he? Because he's a mental, so it'll be fine. He's, he were over here in December. Were he? Yeah, I saw him at Fight Club Pro. Uh, I retract all my previous statements. <laughs> Eddie Kingston, you looked very trim. You were in WrestleMania shape. <laughs> yeah, this was a really like fun shoot fight where Kingston came to brawl. Yeah. And did the back fist of the future. Well, his kicks were great. Let's talk about Eddie Kingston's kicks. Well, he was were, he were barefoot. <laughs> he had kick yeah. pads on, but he was barefoot. Yeah, like Matt Riddle. Yeah. Training with Matt Riddle. Yeah. But yeah, um, the kick, which it was a high kick. Was it? Four foot tall. He <laughs> <laughs> <It> tried. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was. I, I really like it when you see guys like Eddie Kingston and stuff do this type of show because it's, it's something different. I really enjoy it. Well, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I skipped over yeah. the first match because he had a bloke come out in a gee and I'm just like... Dominic Greeny. Bit of a triad, isn't he? Like, he? Well, from the Evolve shows, he wears like jiu-jitsu gear. Yeah, triad, triad, isn't it? Like, be, be like Eddie Kingston. <laughs> that's a quote, isn't it? Be like Eddie Kingston. Who's ever said that? <laughs> no one's ever said that. <laughs> um, I just want to briefly touch on Martin Stone. Not not in that way, but uh, he's uh, he were on a show which were a surprise. I don't know if he were announced beforehand. Um, I don't think his match was. I no, um, but uh, I was surprised to see him. Uh, but fun fact about Martin Stone: Did you recognise his entrance music? 
Oh, what was his entrance music? It was the Hives, Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, yeah. Did you recognise it? Yeah. Where's it from? From the Hives. <laughs> well, well, you say it's from the Hives. Oh, it's from... There was a fateful day in the Granby, Dan, when uh, a certain Dynamite Daryl Matthews got his debut, and uh, I handed you a CD, specifically handed you a CD, and said, this is my entrance music, and uh, you played it, and it was that song. So all I'm saying is, Martin Stone, gimmick infringement. If you want to fight me, Martin, <laughs> I don't want to fight I did point out on when I was live tweeting it that several years ago in one PW in the year we're going to be talking. I, I don't know your money, by the way. On May sixth, I, I don't know. You, I I don't know. you made that release. Um, Samoa Joe got booked to wrestle Martin Stone when Martin Stone wasn't really a name, and Samoa Joe said, "I didn't fly all the way over here to wrestle a ham sandwich." <laughs> uh, and that's former one PW champion Martin Stone, <laughs> and quite a good bloke. <laughs> Uh, so he, he fought slash wrestled whatever Emma made uh, Masada, who I've put here, oh. looks like a skip rat from Rotherham. Yeah, Masada probably shouldn't have been on this show. In like, it was bad. Is he meant to look like that? Yeah, because he looks a bit smelly. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a deathmatch guy, and he can wrestle and stuff, but he's not been great recently, and I think. He really got showed up in this match a little bit, and it was quite. It, it was the most underwhelming match of the card, and none of the fault was on Martin Stone. Yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. weren't impressed with this, to be honest. Yeah. The the finish. Uh, Masada uh, went over. He had a triangle choke on, but then he like elbowed Martin Stone in the head. Yeah. And a uh, referee stopped it, um, and then Martin Stone got the Johnny Storm pop at the end. Yeah. Um, He's learnt well. Let's talk about Tom Lawler versus Walter. Oh, yes. Uh, Tom Lawler, <laughs> sponsored by condomdepot.com. <laughs> also, I think one of his sponsors is still Osterine, which is the drug he tested positive for, which is why he's no longer in the UFC. Really? Yeah, he's, great. Got, he's got Osterine on these tights as well. <laughs> and he's just got loads of silly sponsors like that. Uh, he's fighting with a broken arm, I've got here. Yeah, he yeah, yeah he broke his arm a few weeks before WrestleMania, I think it yeah. was. Or was it the week before? And still competed against... A actual Austrian murderer in Walter. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of Walter on this show. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> he just went to New Orleans and murdered people. Yeah. Just did his thing, didn't he? Yeah. And this was the first victim. Tom, I, I really love Tom Lawler. I've been watching him in MLW, and I'm fan of him from UFC days. And he was great in this. Like he was the perfect foil to get destroyed by Walter, <laughs> especially when he started throwing Superman punches. Yeah. Um. Walter's massive, isn't he? Yeah, he's big. <laughs> like, I don't know if I've seen him before. I don't know if he was at the progress shows no, we went to. No, um, and I've seen pictures of him before, but I didn't realize actually like how big he is. Like, when like, you compare him to somebody, else. like he's about six four, and then he's yeah, big. Yeah, he's big he's boy. wide as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's he's heavy set. Because when he because he's teams with Timothy Thatcher on mm. one of the other shows we're going to review, and uh, it makes Timothy Thatcher look tiny. Yeah, Timothy Thatcher's six. He's my height, like six six yeah. one. So, yeah, Walter's huge. A scary man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Walter, Walter goes over with a choke after several blows to the chest. After, yeah. Um, he pretty much bloodied up Tom Waller's chest. Yeah. And then Tom Waller started doing Roman Reigns-style Superman punches to try and knock Walter down. And Walter countered one of these with the hardest chop of the weekend. Like, it, it sounded like a gun went off and just obliterated him and then choked him out. It was yeah. really great. <laughs> uh, then we went to intermission. Yeah, um, which the, the commentators didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, the commentators like, oh, I guess, guess we're having an intermission. 
Um, Cost Gabe. Yeah. Um, there was an advert, well, there were several adverts played during intermission, but one that I particularly liked, um, it involved Mr. Don't Unfold My T-Shirts or Talk To Me, David Starr, um, saying that he's going to have a dream match um, out of all the wrestlers he could wrestle. This is his dream match. Mike Quackenbush. Yeah. Way to put a, like a cap on your dreams, mate. Like, that's your dream. Not, that's like, your dream match. If you're an indie, like US indie guy, Mike Quackenbush is a legend of US indies. Like he's been around. Like him and Reckless Youth were the two pleather, guys. Pleather pants and a tight t-shirt. Mike Quackenbush never like, done a bicep curl in his life. Mike Quackenbush. You could say Quackenbush, Christopher Daniels, and uh, like um, oh, there was Ace Darling and then uh, Reckless Youth were the top indie guys in the late nineties who get occasional opportunities in the big companies, but they'd be the top indie guys. Before like, the next generation of Loki, Brian Danielson, AJ Styles and stuff came along. The proper so, stars. And then Mike Quackenbush has also had such a huge influence with Chikara and helping train a lot Isn't of Mike Quackenbush a mental that doesn't let his trainees wrestle for other companies? He can be, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I'm a fan of Mike Quackenbush. And I, really, I posted on Twitter about this match as well, saying this was my favourite promo package because... I, I loved every single one of them of the Joey Janelle Spring Break ones, but this was really earnest and and it had good music because I, I liked Tears of Fears. <laughs> right, let's move on. Um, Chris Dickinson versus Dan the B Seven. <laughs> yeah, Chris um, Dickinson's great. <laughs> so, if this were just a no name person, we won't be talking about it. But because Dan Seven's in it, I, yeah. I, I feel we should mention it. So Dan Seven still got all his old UFC belts. Yeah, yep. them somebody carried all them down to the ring for him. Yeah, still got his old sweaty grey T shirt, which is it's like the same one. <laughs> yeah. Um, still wrestles in his pants. Yep. Yeah. Still got that mustache. Yeah. He's still Dan Seven. And he yeah. probably drove there too. That's another thing to point out. Why? Like, he doesn't like flying. Does he not? No, so he drives. So last year when he did, um, it was in Florida, wasn't it? He drove from Michigan to Florida the night before. I'm not sure how far that went is, on to at, be honest. Went on at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and he brought sparring gear down with him too because he knew he was against Matt Riddle and... They thought he might think it was a shoot. Whereas this time they put him in a shoot style thing anyway. So. Who might think what's a shoot? Dan Seven last year when he faced Matt Riddle at yeah. Joe Janelle Spring Break brought sparring partners and gear down with him before for before the match in kit like in case he thought it was a shoot. I don't know. But when yeah, you say gear like he brought like pads and Oh stuff not like that, yeah. not like stuff he injects in his No, not, oh. not <laughs> he went on gear. No. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um so, there were a weird bit in this where Chris Dickinson's on top of Dan Seven yeah. and elbowing him in Ed. The referee separates him. Yeah. And then doesn't call the finish and they carry on fighting. Yeah, it was... A, and then Dan Seven goes over. It was a messy finish. Do you think it's because they didn't want Chris Dickinson just to lose? But Dan Seven I didn't want to lose? so. But then they did something on Joe Janelle Spring Break as well together. Oh, did, oh okay. So uh, it might have been a lead into that, but it was a messy finish that I, I really enjoyed this match as well. So it was a, it, it kind of put a sour note to the end of it. Yeah, but Matt Riddell came out at end to split him up because Dickinson attacked seven after yeah. match. Um, Matt Riddell's all over this show, isn't he? Yeah, well, it's his show yeah. in his Kill Bill tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, you've ruined it now, haven't you? Because <laughs> I was going to ask you for Wrestle Fashions later, and oh. you would have had to sing Wrestle Fashions. Oh. <sighs> Can't get staff. Uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Nick Gage. Um, Nick Gage, isn't he like an hardcore wrestler? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, his parole ended last week. That's legit. Yeah, yeah. His the parole week. ended last week. So, the on commentary, I'm not bothered about talking about this match, actually. We're just going to talk about Nick Gage and his uh, misdemeanors. Um, so <laughs> they're, they're felonies. <laughs> whatever. I don't know what they are. Um, so, what, what were we in prison for? He robbed the bank. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, there's a great bit in Officer and Gentleman with Sammy Callahan and Ricochet, where Sammy Callahan is talking about the fact that Nick Gage is one of the smartest people in the business. And the entire time he's talking about it, Chuck Taylor sat just off to the side with this look on his face, like, do I say this next bit? And he says, well, dude comes to the ring with a bandana up to just but blow his eyes and another bandana just up to his eyes so you can barely see his face, but then robs a bank without a mask on. How smart is it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, he, was at, he had some demons, as they say. He had drug problems and he robbed the bank and went to prison, got clean, has gone through his parole and is now free to terrorise the world. <laughs> I mean, it probably can't. It's not free to terrorise the world, is it? Like, well, certain countries right. you can't get into if you've got criminal past. Depends how rich you are. Um. So then, if you want to talk about the match a little bit, because we're here, we might as well. Um. They fought outside the ring, didn't they? Which I don't think anybody did. Yeah, like Nick Gage fought well. Tim Thatcher's really good at grappling that, so I'm just going to beat him up around the ring. Yeah, again, I'm not sure how I felt about this, because, like, before watching the show, I weren't sure how I felt about it in general, because I'm not not sure what it's meant to be. Mm. Because, like, for me, if you go in, oh, well, you know, he trains in jiu-jitsu, it's like, well, he can use that in a wrestling match. Why, 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 Why are we... Oh, I don't understand what this is. And then... I, th- I feel like they need to sit the wrestlers down at the start and the referees because that referee thing in yeah. that dance every match was ridiculous um, I just want to look these are the rules this is the theme we're going for no one can leave the ring like because I feel like it it was one of them things where nobody should have really left the ring it were because yeah. it was meant to be presented as like a grappling MMA kind yeah. of thing weren't it which no one's climbing out of a cage at UFC are they and having a fight on floor see on that like I've watched quite a lot of this shoot style stuff, like the WXW Ambition Tournament, which Timothy Thatcher won. Um, I went to Tetsujin, the old UWFI stuff. Um, one of the things that like bugs me about some of them is that they do purely grappling, and I think there should be more striking and stuff. Maybe this went a bit too far with it being around the ring and everything, but I didn't have any problems really with the brawling. Like, I'm, I was glad to see like a fist fight. I mean, like, I'm not overly invested in the product so I'm not that bothered and yeah. to be fair he um he was probably one of the most over guys not called Matt Riddle yeah so I can't really like I can't really say what I can't really say oh you shouldn't have done that but like <laughs> he got like one at loudest pop so I was like well you know but I just yeah, he, he, I just, he is I just a guy who once died in the ring yeah they said that on commentary like tournament of death a few years ago how did that happen uh he Went into the corner in some light tubes and one stuck just under his his armpit and cut the artery. Oh. And he bled out and they had to bring a helicopter into the ring to get him out and he, he died legally and they managed to resuscitate him and give him a blood transfusion. But yeah, it, it was serious. He mm-hmm. he technically died in the ring. And on a lighter note, uh, um, Thingy Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, that's the one versus Matt Riddle. They used the wrong version of his music. Whose music? Minoru Suzuki's. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to get you to yeah. demonstrate it, but like, well, why is it wrong? 
it, it's the early version of it rather than the remix one that the singer did for Minoru Suzuki that uses in New Japan, which is a bit more... Do you more... think it might be because it was last minute because Loki refused to do a job? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but every other show I saw Minoru Suzuki on had the correct music. Let's so. briefly talk about the Loki thing because I do <laughs> find it hilarious. The, so This is all speculation. It's not been confirmed. Loki says he had an injury. Right, well, firstly, Loki's got previous. Yeah. So um, let let's... Well, be right with WXW it, like. Tag League last year, he legit on the final night where the Briscoes had to win to go to the final kind of thing. Like they had to lose so they didn't go to the final. So Loki comes out on the crutches and is like, Oh, I'm, I'm injured so I can't compete. And does that all, you know, the typical 1PW import thing. Yeah. <laughs> Gets a limp in the seat building. So Loki allegedly refused to do a job to Matt Riddle. Yeah. Um, or, if you want to believe his version of events, he was injured. Uh, but on commentary, they were pretty much saying, yeah, well, he's, he's, a, he's got other events online, he's not injured. Yeah. So, I fully believe, because he's got previous on this, that uh, he just didn't want to do a job to Matt Riddle. Now, if a company comes to you and says, Mr. Key, do you want to be booked on a show called Matt Riddle's Bloodsport? Mm. And then he goes, yes. He's got a deep <laughs> voice. I do impressions as well, Graham. Yeah. Um, and then... He, they then say to him, so it's called Matt Riddle's Bloodsport and uh, you're going to be working Matt Riddle. Like, you've got to assume, I mean, I'm not saying he's not intelligent, but you've yeah. got to be pretty stupid like to think that you're going to lose, that, uh, to, that you're going to win that match. Yeah. I, I would automatically assume, well, they're probably going to put him over. Um, And then, if they don't, it's a bonus, isn't it? Like, but even then, is it a bonus? Because you're going to get paid the same either way. It's all yeah. the work, you mark. Like, <laughs> I don't care. What's he, what's he going to do? Like, it's, I'm never going to meet this man. Like, yeah. these are words that are going to come back and haunt me at a later date. When I'm getting kicked to death by Loki and you're just sat in the corner absolutely dying laughing, <laughs> <laughs> playing, finding the episode while I'm, while I'm getting kicked, finding it on your phone, downloading it, on 4G, so it's taking longer than Wi-Fi, and then you're playing it to me. Can you hear this? I'm like, can you just help me? Because I'm getting absolutely battered. Like, yeah, but of all the people to refuse the job to, you're like, oh, it's too unbelievable that I'd lose to former UFC fighter, New York State wrestling champion, jiu-jitsu champion, Exactly. This is why I'm calling him a mark. Yes. Like, because, like, it's, it's, in a, it's a worked environment, but they're presenting it as, like, a MMA thing, if you like. And... Loki is refusing to lose to an MMA fighter. Like, are you for real? It's Loki, isn't it? Yeah, he's an idiot. That's what he does. But yeah, the, so uh, we got Matt, a better. Matt, we got a better match. Matt Riddle decided it. to do the job. Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> Suzuki, like. It's... Well, yeah, but I know, but I think it's funny that uh, <laughs> that, he, that Loki didn't want to lose. So then Matt Riddle's like, "Well, I'll lose to somebody else." Yeah, especially like the guy who created Pancrase. Yeah. So yeah, like I can I can take that one. But uh, yeah, this was really great main event. I really enjoyed this. I got to see this match live last year, and it was brilliant. And this was very good. Yeah, I I enjoyed this match. Yeah, just beat each other up, and yeah. Suzuki just. I, I love it when someone hits Suzuki as hard as they can, and he laughs at them. I love it that Suzuki went after referee. Yeah. The referee ra ran a mile because he was legit scared. <laughs> Suzuki got back in the ring and then he had to tell the referee to get back in the ring because he didn't know if he had permission or not to get in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of fear you want to instill in people, isn't it? He's great. And he's 48-year-old as well. Like, 48, 49-year-old. Yeah. He's, he's getting on a bit, and he's still just a monster. He's brilliant. I love Suzuki. Uh, so that that's um, 
Bloodsport. That's Bloodsport. Uh, we're not doing a full rundown of all the other cards because we're going to be here all day and I've not got yeah. time in my life. So, uh, Evolve 102, is there anything you want to talk about um, specifically on Evolve 102? Uh, I think the three matches I'd like to just talk about for a minute. Keith Lee versus Darby Allen. Okay. Um, so Darby Allen is like a skinnier Jimmy Havoc who's depressed right now and is going against every big bloke in Evolve. Yeah. And getting murdered by them. And there's nothing I love more than seeing one of the big guys like Keith Lee, Walter, Jeff Cobb throwing people around. Are you so, aware of the concept of the freight train? Yes. Because I've got on my notes, Keith Lee is what the freight train thinks he looks like. <laughs> that is probably true, yeah. yeah. But um yeah, Keith Lee Choo Choo time. Keith Lee murdered Darby Allen. Uh enough of Darby Allen was scooped up to come out after Rinkamp versus Daisuke Sakamoto and uh, let's see if I can pronounce this right. Uh, Muninori Sour, I think it was. Muninori Sour? Sour? Sour, Sour, I think. Sour. I think. Um, in a really, really great tag match, which had a lot of Walter and Daisuke Sakamoto hitting each other's hands. The last time Sour wrestled for Evolve, Mm. was it Evolve 5 in 2010 against Daniel Bryan? Yeah. Just thought I'd bring that up because Daniel Bryan's He's also been retired since 2012 and these are his first matches since then. Yeah, because didn't, didn't, um, Battle arts end. So, yeah, and so, you're like, there's no one else who wrestles like I do, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll quit. And you couldn't tell, because like, he, he was genuinely really good on this weekend. Coming out with his flag on Sakamoto's shoulders and <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed this tag match, and I know Timothy Thatcher said before this, like, one of his bucket list matches was sour. Like, one of the ones he always wanted to have, and he got to have that match on 103, I think it was. Um, but yeah, this was a really great tag match. And afterwards, Darby Allen came out and said, "Why'd wait till tomorrow, Walter? Why don't you kill me now?" So Walter threw him out of the ring. He got back in and he power bombed him to oblivion, and then just walked off, going, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Oh, oh, oh he's got to put money in the jar. Fifty p. Um. So then we had the main event of Matt Riddle versus Zack Saber Junior for the Evolved Title. Yeah, which was a great match. Really, really great. And. Matt Riddle defeated Zack Sabre Jr., ending his 13-month reign, nearly 14 months, with the Evolve title. Yeah, there was a good um, counter. So uh, Matt Riddle went to do a German suplex to Zack Sabre Jr. But like, as he had him around the waist, as he lifted him, Zack Sabre Jr. somehow span around 180 degrees and locked in a guillotine, Yeah, which I thought were pretty good. Zack's amazing. But yeah, it... it it was probably time for him to lose the Evolve title, and there's reason for it as well. He signed full time with New Japan, apparently. So yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so he's on. He's dropping some titles, and so he's he not like Zaki, ten belts anymore, is he? No, got one. Yeah, but yeah, um, this was a really great matchup. Uh, after this, in the same venue, I'll go quickly through this because I know you didn't watch this. Uh, Beyond lit up, and in carrying on with companies trying to do something different, this was a full intergender card. And you don't feel too great about intergender wrestling, but it was an enjoyable show. Um, there was some good stuff on there. Um, Matt Riddle versus Deonna Perrazzo was pretty good. Uh, James Ellsworth came out afterwards and tried to attack Matt Riddle. And then Matt Riddle got on the mic and said, I'm just going to repeat what everyone else in here is saying. You just effed up, bro. <laughs> and then Matt, uh, Ellsworth ran away. Um, Team Pog versus, I, I, well, LAX from TNA. That was really good. Um, what else did we have on the show that was worth talking about 
The Rumblebees versus Joey, Laura, Joey Ryan and Laura James was good. Hot Sauce Tracy Williams defeated the returning Kimberly, um, Abby Leif, formerly of WWE from the May Young Classic. And then oh, Tesha Blanchard defeated uh, MJF, uh, Mia Kim and Wheeler in a four-way. Jessica Havoc defeated Jimmy Havoc in the Battle of the Havocs. Um, Janelope, which is Joey Janelope and Penelope Ford, defeated Orange Cassidy and Session Moth in a really, really, really funny match. And then Tony Storm beat Timothy Thatcher in the main event. And bloodied him up as well in a really great match, which was Timmy Thatcher kind of like taking it easy and just being like, why am I fighting a woman? Like just shoving her down and being a bit of an idiot until Tony Storm fired up and made him submit. The uh, WrestleCon Super Show. Yeah, the WrestleCon Super Show. Um, right, here we go. Commentator didn't realise his mic was on at the start. <laughs> And I'm not sure which commentator it was because it was Excalibur and... Excalibur was the one who didn't realise it was live. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no right, this is like before... Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so it, it was the commentator, Excalibur and... Marty DeRosa. Marty DeRosa. One of them, I can't remember which one it was, said, you're going to have to help me so much during the women's match uh, because he also doesn't like women's wrestling. <laughs> Sexist. All it's right. the women's evolution. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was, another, this was from WrestleCon. And it's their annual super show. Um, right, Dan. So if you're organising a wrestling event yeah. for a live crowd, right, you're going to get your wrestling ring, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. So you've got your wrestling ring. You've booked your wrestlers. Mm. You've booked your referee. You've yep. got, booked your ring announcer. You've sold your tickets. Mm. You've got your little entrance stage. You've got your music. You've got your live feed all set up and everything. You're ready to go. You've got your commentators. Remember to pack the bell. <laughs> <laughs> like... Are you serious? Like, how do you not have a bell? I mean... It's I, in the same building that all the other shows are in. Does nobody have a bell? Or just old school rap, along, rap against the uh, ring post with a spanner. Or do you mean do you mean the old school 1PW Granby of a... Fire extinguisher. Fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah, the fire extinguisher. Spanner, spanner fire extinguisher combination. That was my job at Granby shows for a while <laughs> next to my sound desk. It's like, turn the music down, bang the, bang the fire extinguisher with a spanner. Um, is there any matches in How particular? Powland is that? 1PW. Uh, May 6th. Um, show opened with Pentel 0M versus Joey Janella. This was a fun match. Um, Joey Janela did a Death Valley driver on Ring Apron. Yeah, he just again he's kind of like that's Walter the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> kind of like Walter, he's trying to murder people, but he's trying to kill himself at the same time in a suicide pact. Um, Penta super kicked that woman. Yeah, he did. Pen- Penelope. Penelope Ford. Yeah, yeah. Um, after this, we got the Joey Ryan intergender challenge. Right, this is the best bit of the whole card. I'll, I'll let you take it. Right, so. Uh, they announced it as an intergender match or something about intergender. I couldn't quite tell because the PA system weren't great. It was the jo- Joey Ryan intergender challenge. Okay, right. So I heard that and I was like, oh, I'm not not that interested in this, but I'm going to wait and see how it plays out. I'm glad I did wait. So for listeners that haven't seen it, this is going to be a real treat. So uh, Joey Ryan comes out um, dressed as Andy Kaufman. So he's got like the sweater things on and he's got the shorts over the top. But he's got the dressing gown over that to begin yeah. with. And he gets on the microphone and he pretty much does a word-for-word uh, speech of um, Andy Kaufman's promo where he's saying that women are only good for cooking, cleaning and making babies and, yeah. and all this stuff. This is soap. <laughs> yeah, this is soap. You have to wash, wash yourself and all this. <laughs> and uh, so he challenges, uh, an open challenge to, to any, any woman in the back. And then 
the last saviour of all the women come out to, to make the save. Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was made beautiful by the commentators just ripping on Jerry Lawler, yeah. which we have done plenty of times on this show in the past. He retweeted a picture of when he got charged. <laughs> uh, so then, then what actually happens is um, he says, Jerry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swear because it's a quote. Yeah, yeah. He says, Jerry Lawler touched my dick. Well, before that, he says, I don't know if you've seen the news, but in Louisiana, pile drivers are illegal. Oh, yeah, so pile drivers are banned. Yeah. yeah. So the one move you can do to finish, to beat me, you're not allowed to do. So I'm going to say this once, I'm going to say it clear. Jerry Lawler, touch my dick. <laughs> and then, um, so Jerry Lawler looks a bit puzzled, but he's still got the crown in his hand. Yeah. And like... If you're watching it, you you don't you know. I mean, I was thinking, why has he still got his crown in his hand? But I weren't yeah. obviously. I weren't thinking the next thing was going to happen. <laughs> I was thought it's a bit odd. He still got it in his hand. I thought maybe he's going to hit him with it. He fired a fireball out of his crown <laughs> onto Joe Ryan's penis. <laughs> it's a sentence I never thought I'd say. <coughs> it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was a really great little segment. Uh, Jerry Lawler got DQ'd for that. <laughs> he did the job, low key. Yeah. <laughs> so. The other things worth talking about on this show, definitely Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. Yeah, I tapped this, out after this match, mate. This so. was a brutal match. Millie's a shoulder box. Yeah. It's because Ishii's got a low center of gravity being only three foot two. So <laughs> him and Jeff Cobb can just batter each other. He is, he's a boulder. He's just yeah. a boulder of a human. And it was just great to see him and Jeff Cobb throw each other about and batter each other. Ishii does look a bit like Graveler off a of Pokemon. <laughs> I was trying to think of the Pokemon name, yeah. Yeah. He, he is just a giant piece of rock. Stone Pitbull. But yeah, this was a really, really great match. I really love Jeff Cobb, and Ishii's one of my favourites. Uh, this is really, really great. Uh, you didn't watch the second half, but the matches I'll mention. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, Brian Cage, and David Starr versus Juice Robinson, t- t- Hirosh- uh, Hirosh- yeah, damn it. Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Sammy Callahan. This was a fun, weird six-man match. I never thought I'd see David Starr in the ring with Tanahashi. It's a weird one for me. Especially considering he's a Noah guy and he's a New Japan guy and Suzuki teaming up with David Starr as well. I wonder if anybody like unfolded David Starr's t-shirts before the show. (laughs) I I won't hear anything bad said about David Starr. Look, if my mum and I had my t-shirts before going to the wrestling show, I'd be a bit annoyed if somebody unfolded them as well. Also, as he was making his entrance, the ring announcer didn't do his proper entrance. What's his proper entrance? Uh, the list of nicknames. I was going to try and do it then, but I know I'll mess it up because okay. it's like 13 or 14 different nicknames he's got in a certain okay. order. Okay. Um, and then the main event of the Golden Lovers, Ken- Kurt Rebushi and Kenny Omega versus Chuck Taylor and... Who's the first one? I can't remember the first person was, but the second person was Dan Barry, who got f- thrown straight out of the ring. And then it was Orange Cassidy, who didn't even come down. <laughs> and then eventually Flip Gordon came out to team with him. On the promise that if they won, he'd be all in. Yeah. Because Chuck Taylor lied to him and said, yeah, yeah, I've just run Cody now. And if you help me win, <laughs> you're all in, mate. <laughs> did, did, did he win? He, he also said, he also said, I've just spoken to the leader of the Bullet Club, Cody. And Kenny Omega went, what? He's like, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Golden Lovers got the win in this. And it was brilliant. And it just shows like Chuck Taylor is more than just a comedy guy because he can do all that really good stuff. He trained Ricochet. Like it's, <laughs> we'll be talking about him more on the show on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that it all a lot of fun on that show. So that was Thursday. Yes, Thursday. So we're we're forty five minutes in. Let's go to his first break. 
We Are Niche is a gaming, film and wrestling news-based website that aims to bring together fans from all across the world to learn and talk about their favourite aspects of nerd culture. Specialising in opinion pieces, top ten lists and any other fun way to interact over our favourite genres, We Are Niche aims to provide you with enough stimulating contact to actually make you want to stick around and become part of our fun community on the edges of the outer rim on the internet. That's www.wearenish.com or on Twitter at wearenish. A welcome back. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, did Did you get a drink? Yeah. Yeah. Quick one. Yeah. So we're gonna. This part's gonna be a quick part. Yeah. This but, is. We're gonna. We're gonna condense Friday twenty four hours into as little time yeah. as possible. Well, this is the stuff I didn't see, so I can't contribute. Yeah. As much. So. Uh, I watched Evolve 103, which is the first one we're going to talk about. Why don't you pick two matches to talk about from 103? Well, I think... Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do two matches okay. from Evolve 103. Um, just quickly before I mention, we're not going to talk about the progress shows because they're not available on demand at time of recording. They might not even be by the time the show's released. Yeah, they fully. tweeted out um, that they were at the mercy of the hotel internet. Yeah. So I'm guessing that it's just not good internet. Yeah. So uh, And they're off to Australia straight from New Orleans, so... Not bad for him. Um, so yeah, Evolve 103, the two big matches on this card, I think, were the opening match, which was Keith Lee versus Austin Theory in a tight champion versus champion match, which Austin Theory won. Oh yeah, well he set like, it up on 102. Yeah, they set up on 102 and Keith Lee accepted the challenge, and then Austin Theory beat Keith Lee via low blow and a bit of shenanigans. So he's now a dual champion in the WWN universe. Um, it was a good match. Like Austin Theory is getting pushed a lot, and he's quite young. And he was wearing better ring gear in this match than he was in the previous one because I hate the ring gear where it just says Fury in big letters. It it's a rubbish it, name, isn't it? Yeah, it makes it sound like he's not got a clue. But he was wearing better ring gear today, so I was okay. better with that. And then the main event for the Evolve Championship was Daisuke Sakamoto versus Matt Riddle. In, and Matt Riddle announced that all future Evolve title matches will have no rope breaks. Told you he hates rope breaks. Uh, this was a really great match. Daisuke Sakamoto's awesome. He's just a big hoss. He's the muscle monster and all that. And this was just a really great contest. Matt Riddle always does really well against guys like Sakamoto. And Matt Riddle got the win via knockout. Does Matt Riddle have the authority to to say that? Well, he's the champ, isn't he? It's, it? Who holds the title holds the power, as we found out in WCW in late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Um, or was that a TNA thing? I don't know. It, it, it's a Russo thing, isn't it? That's <laughs> Jarrett um, was involved somehow. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Good old Jeff Jarrett. We'll talk about him more. Um, then we got the WWN Super Show, which is the alternative to the WrestleCon Super Show. It was a pretty good show. Um, yeah, it, we got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Minonori Sauer. Did yeah. I say that right that time? I don't know. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. was really great in this match, and it was exactly the stylistic matchup you'd want from these two. Zack Sabre Jr. getting the win with Orienteering with Napalm Death. I love that move name. Um, what else did we get on this show? We got uh, Daisuke Sakamoto versus Keith Lee. Now, last year, these two had this match at the Resistance Gallery in Bethnal Green in London, which was £45 a ticket because it only holds 100 people. And apparently, they pretty much tore the building down, and it was amazing. And this match was just as good. Like, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Keith Lee getting the... Um, Keith Lee, get, uh, Keith Lee losing sorry, in this match to Sakamoto after Sakamoto rolled out of the way of the Doom Salt and hit his uh, arm ringer into a short arm headbutt and then the big G- bridge and German suplex. 
A really great big man fight. After the match, Nick Gage ran down and attacked Keith Lee. <laughs> because Nick Gage. Um, the main event of the Super Show was the match really to talk about. Matt Riddle versus Will Ospreay for the Evolve Championship. Uh, absolutely amazing match. Will Ospreay does not get enough credit for how good he is. Uh, and he was working injured all weekend as well after his appearance at New Japan last weekend where he landed on his head. Uh, the big spot in this match near the end, uh, Matt Riddle got him in a choke. And because there was no rope breaks, Will Ospreay climbed to the top rope with Matt Riddle on his back and then dove backwards and landed on his head. And they got all the referees in to try and stop it. And they eventually battled through it until Matt Riddle locked in the bro mission for the win. It Absolutely amazing, amazing match. They got the crowd on their feet. Stupid spot. Yeah, I mean it's Osprey in it, and he's just Osprey. he's good at. How old is he? Uh, Mid twenties, early twenties, twenty four, I think. Yeah, I reckon he'll be retired by thirty. Probably not. I, I get the feeling he's going to be one of the. He's going to be a Tanahashi. You know, he's either going to die at ring or he's going to carry on no matter what. Yeah, he's got that. I'm not, sure, not sure that's a good thing. Probably not. No. Let's talk about the show. Oh, quickly mention Rev Pro. I haven't seen Rev Pro yet, but there was a big thing on that show. Tomohara Ishii is now the Rev Pro champion after defeating Zack Sabre Jr. Which, I, I know at least one person who was refusing to go to Rev Pro because they were angry that they booked that match for New Orleans rather than your call. And now they've changed the title too. He's going to go mental. I can't wait. Yeah, but like, you can't <laughs> have it your own way. Like... I know, like, I, every time I see him, I rip him a little bit about yeah, it. Good. Yeah, it's just funny to me. But that means now... At Epic Encounter in May, it's Keith Lee versus Ishii 2 for the title, which is kind of cool. Finally, on the Saturday, Joey Janela's spring break. Joey Janela's spring break. <laughs> uh, I got up at 6am on Saturday morning to watch the show live. Why? Why? Because I was figuring out in my head how I was going to get to watch all the shows I wanted to watch, and I've still not managed it. But the only way I could watch this show when I did was by watching it live on, the, on Fight TV. So I got up at 6am and did it, did the deal. And I'm glad I did, because it was a great show. Right, well, bear in mind I didn't, so it'd be a bit boring for the listeners if you're just talking all the time. Pick some high points from the show. James Ellsworth versus Matt Riddle. Yeah. Um, so there was a spot in this match where Matt Riddle tried to do the big running knee to James Ellsworth. And James Ellsworth stood at him afterwards and looked confused and then pointed at the fact he had no chin so he couldn't be knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> which was absolutely brilliant but and then he did uh, lock in the bro mission not long after that and get the win um, do you Vid, think that's a decent payday for um, Ellsworth Ellsworth yeah. yeah yeah it's not bad for him yeah. it was a good little thing for him um, also Virgil made two appearances on the show just coming out and demanding his F money and just being annoying Virgil innit okay, I, don't uh, <laughs> I don't understand well Virgil's friends with Joe Janella is he and, yeah, there's there's a whole story about it. You'd have to listen to a Joe Janela to get the full thing. Okay, but, um, Virgil has made several appearances over the last two years. They also did two very good intro videos. The first one, the intro video for the full show, was a parody of the wrestler. Okay, where it was an old Joey Janela, like played by this actor, uh, being said like say, "Oh, do you think you'll ever do a Spring Break too?" He's like, oh, "I don't know. I don't know if my body can do it anymore." And eventually, like someone pitches it, his daughter like pitches it to him, and then this guy pitches it to him. He goes to meet Leo Rush at a convention, who's an old black guy now. And it's just this old black guy doing all Leo Rush's poses. And then eventually puts on the show. And it was, was Leo Rush the one that was in NXT that says that said Emma wasn't ready for Asuka or yeah. something? Is he back on the Indies now? No. Oh. no but it, it was like, it, 
him and he had Leo Rush as one of his last matches, and he got really famous off of no selling the powerbomb spot last year in CZW. Okay. But uh, and he likes to make fun of Leo Rush. Um, and then the other video was MJF, um, CZW Wired champion, announced that he was going to be in the Cluster F match, because I'm trying not to swear. Um, and Joey Janela tweeted back saying, no, you're not. You're not invited. So then they did a video where it was him trying different disguises, trying to get into the building, until eventually a member of the crew came, got him and locked him in a closet. It's just is, silly stuff like that. Is he in the closet? No, no, but they locked him in the cleaning closet so he wouldn't be on the show. But then he ended up making it. Okay. Uh, Pierre Carl Houlet versus Walter. Um, I didn't know what to expect from this going in, and it turned out to be the probably the best match on the show. I really wanted to watch this. I just didn't have time, but I've seen a picture of PCO's chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he must have said to Walter beforehand, "Let's work snug tonight." And Walter's like, "What's snug? <laughs> I'll just battle you like I do everyone else." And yeah, it was a brutal hoss fight of a match and. PCO was brilliant. Like for a guy who's in his fifties and stuff, he was absolutely brilliant in this match. Um, and it was Walter caning him and just beating him up, and absolutely brilliant stuff. Is He's, he the pirate? Yeah, he used to wear the. He was in yeah. the Quebecers, and he yeah, used he was to wear the pirate, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, the guy who refused to job to Kevin Nash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Nick Gage versus Pentrell Zero M. That was kind of fun. Pentrell Zero M. We need to talk about him briefly. Um. Is he is he WWE bound? I'm not sure. There's rumours going around that he might be. Yeah, because they um, uh, he's got a pro wrestling T site. Him and one of the other luchadors, I can't remember Ray Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix yeah. yeah, brother. Yeah, um, they they uh, it was the last weekend you could buy anything from their pages, and then on the pro wrestling T's Twitter, it just says, "Don't ask us why." Um, so either they've had a falling out or they've signed yeah. somewhere, and I assume they've signed somewhere. Well, they met uh, Steve Austin as well this weekend. There's a nice little video of him. In giving Steve Austin one of their t-shirts and stuff and Austin loving it. Yeah? Yeah, it's quite a fun little video. Uh, David Starvers might like Mike Quackenbush with Walter... While we talk about Luchador, sorry to interrupt, but I just remembered, Del Rio no-showed a TNA. We will event. be talking about that on the main show. Okay. We will be talking about okay. that in detail. Okay. Um, Walter was on commentary for this match, just dismissing everything David Starr did. He's like, yeah, I, I don't really get the hype with David Starr. I've beat him like nine times already and he can't beat me, so... Yeah. I see his uh, point. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, yeah, he's just a bit arrogant and annoying and he keeps wanting to fight me and I keep having to beat him up. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a really great match of David Starr and Mike, like, and Mike Quackenbush like, doing all their stuff. Um, Mike Quackenbush got the win. Uh, no, sorry, David Starr got the win over Mike Quackenbush and Walter goes, how disappointing at the end that David Starr won. <laughs> um, then we got the Cluster F match. Um there's too much happened in this match to really talk well, about. Well, don't do a full detail. rundown of it. Just pick some good well, bits. Well, there was no, like... I think the best part of it was Jimmy Lloyd, who was the first person in, hit a package pile driver on the Invisible Man. Okay. Which brought the Louisiana State Athletic Commission out to eliminate Jimmy Lloyd from the match for doing an illegal move, and they kicked him out of the building. Okay. And then... Uh, MJF and Ethan Page teamed up as like the bad guys and were eliminating all the favourites. And then at the end, um, Ethan Page got eliminated and then MJF eliminated... I can't remember who it was. Oh, Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, Mikey Whipwreck was there. Um, so MJF was the last guy, or so you thought. The Invisible Man rolled him up and beat him. So the Invisible Man won the Cluster F match. <laughs> and then we got Great Sasuke versus Joey Janela. 
uh, in the beginning there was someone just so to... we're not moving on from that <laughs> so the invisible man yeah yeah Joe Janelle's had several matches against the invisible man including <laughs> in, fr- in front of the invisible crowd at PCW well, PCW if, and Blackpool if you like yeah. yeah PCW and Blackpool he did that match where he wrestled himself pretty much for 10 minutes um, yeah, it's a thing Joe Janela does. Okay. And then we got Sasuke versus Janela, which was just as crazy as you want it to be. Uh, at the beginning of the match, there was someone dressed as Frank the Clown and Joe Janela punched him. Um, just oh, okay. because. Was, was it a work or was it a fan that was actually Frank the Clown or what? It, it was a fan dressed as Frank the Clown. It was a work probably because oh, okay. Frank the Clown, I think, has been tweeting Joe Janela and Joe Janela's sick of it. Um, but he still did something. Um, yeah, if you've ever seen a Sasuke match or a Joe Janela match, this was that. It was really crazy. The one thing that didn't happen was the barrel moonsault. He tried to do it, but Sasuke couldn't get on the top rope with the bin over his head to moonsault out of the ring with it. So eventually he just threw the bin at Joe Janela and then missed a the moonsault anyway. <laughs> okay, I don't know what the barrel moonsault uh, is. He normally gets in a barrel and then gets to the top rope and does a moonsault while in the barrel and most of the time misses it. Why does he do that? Because he's a nutcase. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was also a bit where, um, to distract him, Penelope Ford got in the ring and danced with him, and he slow danced with her and stuff. And it allowed Penelope Ford danced with Sasuke. Okay, yeah, uh, it was just a really crazy match. And in the end, oh, also the Death Valley Drive on the apron happened again. Uh, eventually, at the end of it, Joey Janela hits a du- diving double foot stamp onto a chair and Sasuke for the win. And he cuts a promo at the end, declares Sasuke's new dad. And they both did karaoke to end the show, singing Bon Jovi's It's My Life. Right, do you want to go to a break? Yeah. Yeah, because I've got nothing to say about that. Before the renaissance of British wrestling. Before the revolution. Before the progress. There was one. One company who pushed the boundaries. One company on the lips of British wrestling fans. One of the most controversial companies in British wrestling history. One company bringing pro wrestling dream matches to the UK. The Royal Grumble brings to you the in-depth look at the company that brought them together. The company that brought eyes from around the world to a small town in the north of England. One PW, version one, 2005 to 2007. May 6, 2018. Subscribe now. We do not owe you money. We're back. Not a quick break. Yeah. We've got stuff to do today, haven't we? We've got WrestleMania yeah. to watch. You've yeah. got food to cook. Yep. You're cooking Satan's wings, aren't you? Satan's wings, yeah. Yeah. And tofu. Um enough of the small talk. We've got we've got a show to talk about, mate. It's a Ring of Honor Super Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor twelve. Yes. Um so my version of it may not have been a legal version. So mine started, according to Wikipedia, mine started five matches in. 
Uh, so I, my first match I saw was Ibushi versus Hangman Page. It was the first match I saw also. Okay. Uh, so we missed Punishment Martinez and Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Chucky T and Jonathan Gresham, Sumi Sakai and Tennille Dashwood and Kelly Klein and Ma- Maya Iwatani. Yeah. Can't say I'm not bothered, to be honest. I don't know. I'd, well, I'm wearing my Chucky T t-shirt right now, yeah. so I wouldn't mind seeing Chucky T and Ishii and even the women's matches because... We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, so, uh, well, we don't talk about the women's match now, actually. I'm not bothered about the Ibushi and Hangman. Page, oh, I but... thought that was a really good match. I think Hangman's improving by the show. I think he's getting I just really, don't really care good. about Hangman Page when he wrestles. I watch him on Being the Elite and think he's pretty funny. But I... I think he's the opposite of Cody. In Outside the ring, he's not really interesting, but in the ring, he's really good. And he has, and like, when he's in there with good, like, with most people now, he has really entertaining matches that get you into him. So if somehow him and Cody could combine, you'd have the perfect wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, tournament final for the inaugural Women of Honor Championship. It was uh, Kelly Klein versus Sumi Sakai. Yeah. So uh, with the two semifinals, I think this is the least interesting matchup you could have had out of the four semifinalists. Um, Sumi Sakai's good but not great. Well, they were lauded her as like a legend of women's wrestling or something. Yeah, she's been around a long time, but at the same time, she's not really talked about in those circles as much as a lot I've of never heard of her. She wrestled for Ring of Honor and Chikara a lot in the uh, mid-2000s. And I mean, yeah, she's she's good, but compared to like, even Mayu Iwatani, who is a lot younger, is an absolutely phenomenal talent. And I felt like maybe she should have been in the main event or Tennille Daswood should have been in the main event. But yeah, but then with the Kelly Klein thing as well, they've been pushing her for about three years. Like even before they did the reboot, they were pushing her as this undefeated monster. And yeah, so uh, Sumi Sakai won the belt. Yeah, I was surprised by that result, and it was kind of a weird finish as well. It just kind of seemed flat. And yeah, Daphne was there. Yeah, Daphne was there. And yeah. she was into it. I like yeah. Daphne. And then all women got in ring at end and like told her to celebrate on ropes. Yeah, Sumi yeah. Sakai didn't like she wanted to celebrate it. It was yeah. weird. But yeah, I, it wasn't it was fine. But I think I'd have rather seen Emma well Tanil Dashwood versus Mayu Iwatani. Yeah, well uh, pro- proper proper show kicked off next, mate. <laughs> it were ladder match for the Ring of Honor World Six Man Tag Team Championships. This was crazy. If ever belts weren't needed, it's six man <laughs> tag team belts when you've already got tag team belts. Yeah. But uh, they needed to rank some up above ring, didn't they? So why not? Yeah. Uh, so it's SoCal Uncensored, which is SoCal Val, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, <laughs> and Scorpio Sky uh, versus Flip Gordon, uh, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Their group name could be the Flip Bucks. It's not quite as good as the Hung Bucks, but. Yeah, why not? What? Yeah. Hung Bucks is a better name, isn't it? Works for Young Bucks. Yeah. But yeah, this match was insane. As any young, put young bucks near ladders, and you'll see something stupid. It was really good. Yeah. Um. So the kingdom. Oh, I the think. kingdom. Yeah. So the match was going pretty good. I think it was like it was just stepping into next gear, and we're getting into it. Yeah. And, and then they, balloons. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. That was weird. Is that something they do? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. These balloons went up in the air, and I was like, what the, "What's all that about? Is it it? Is Pennywise here?" <laughs> And then uh, these blokes in purple camo came out. Yeah. Um, to taunt Bully Ray. 
yeah, who turned heel later on. <laughs> uh, oh. So, so yeah, so they, they, they come out to disrupt the match, but I kind of figured that I've something to do with it because mm. it's a big card for Ring of Honor and they'd be banned from the card. And I was like, oh, it's a bit harsh because like, they need to earn some money. Matt uh, Taven does all right for him, it's his two mates who struggle. Yeah. Matt Taven's not bad. So uh, they get involved and they pull... I don't know if it's Flip Gordon or one of Young Bucks off the ladder yeah. and beat them up. And then Christopher Daniels thinks he's going to get involved and win it. So then he goes up to get it and then they drag him off at ladder as well. Mm. And then I think they one of the kingdom climb up the ladder to get the belt, even though they're not mm. in the match. And then uh, a combination of the Young Bucks team and SoCal team lift the ladder and then tip tip him out over the ring, which I thought was a good spot. Yeah. Just like they're, they're like really sort of like stuff, teaming yeah. together to work against the greater evil. Yeah, yeah, the kingdom annoy me, but I, I really I don't know much them. about it to be honest. It's the first time I've seen I, them. I like Matt Taven. Then there's the other two. Okay, um, one of them, the guy who released the balloons, he's the guy who broke his leg last year. He snapped it on the guardrail. Oh, he went over the top rope and banged it on the guardrail. Ouch. Yeah. But yeah, um, but that allowed Matt Taven to do more single stuff, which is fine by me. Um, <laughs> Not that he got injured. I, I just like Matt Taven doing singles. Um, yeah, this was a really, really great match. And SoCal Uncensored retained the six-man titles and then the Kingdom stole them. Yeah, so, yeah the Kingdom got them at the end and they ran out yeah. with them. Uh, so that was, that that, was fun. Yeah. Uh, next match, Briscoes defeated Jay Lethal and Hiroshi Tanahashi. This match was long. Yeah, when it was lethal and Tanahashi, like I just didn't have, I didn't think they were going to win the belts. No, purely because they're not a proper tag team, mm. and I was just like, well, I know it's Tanahashi, but at the same time, like, I was like it's Briscoe, isn't it? They're just going to keep him because uh, yeah, Briscoes are annoying. Why? Uh, the well, the well, you don't like you don't like them because they're homophobes, but yeah, if they didn't do them tweets and they're just in the ring, are they annoying? I don't know. I I've not seen a match of theirs in a while that I've got excited for. No. Oh. I liked the promo um, years ago when Jim Cornette was still involved mm. and David Richards were walking around thinking he was the oldest man in the world and he started wearing a mouthpiece Yeah, and one of them's got some dip in his mouth and he spits it out and he's like Terry Funk ain't wearing no mouthpiece <laughs> and I'm like no he didn't mate he didn't <laughs> and then I, then I liked him and then he said something about gays and I'm like oh that's a bit harsh that yeah I haven't told you about what happened at Fight Club with that that's for off air um D- Shall we just edit that bit out? No, no, we'll carry on going. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I've not got much to say about this match, to be honest. That's fine. Um, do you want to talk about Silas Young and Kenny King, last one standing match? What, with the belt collector coming out? Yeah. Doing commentary. Um, I like Silas Young. I, I'm glad that he's, you know, around the top. Of, like, he's getting chances like this. And the, la- the last man standing match being his match cheating his way to win it I was fine with it all it was a good match like I, did, I like Silas Young yeah so Austin Aries came out at the start of it mm. and um, he had all of his belts but that mean nothing uh, he had the IPW UK title defiant Ooh, lol um, so yeah so he had all the belts that mean everything and uh, and he's like oh yeah I want to add another belt to my collection the Ring of Honor TV title what are you going to have world title mate why put a cap on it's your dreams it's the one he had yeah, but why put a cap on your dreams? Because then he become, I think he'd be a Grand Slam champion. Oh no, because he won six man. Who's bo- who's bothered though? Like it, if like 
if you're Ric Flair in 80s, right, and you're world heavyweight champion, yeah, and then you lose it, you're like, oh, I've, I've never had TV title before. So? Well, he did make a run for the US title not long before he left WCW. Yeah, but it's a, it's a US title, isn't it? But then, it, like... Well, this is the equivalent of the US title rather than the TV title. In uh, maybe TV title's got negative connotations to me. Yeah. It? Yeah. It's, it seems like Poundland. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go to the next one. Oh, actually, one thing quickly. They seem to build on commentary the entire time to Austin Aries and Kenny King to try and throw you off that Silas Young were winning. And that annoyed me because you kind of set up like the two former type partners. Yeah, I weren't really job. impressed with Colt Cabana's commentary. No. Not in this match anyway. No. Uh, I can't remember where the Bully Ray thing happens, so we'll just dump it here. It was, it, it was around, because it was supposed to be Cheeseburger and I forgot the guy's name who he was supposed to be teaming with. Yeah. Versus the dogs. Who let the dogs out? Yeah. And he chose Bully Ray as his partner after Bully Ray came out and said, you've got to have a partner. Oh, yeah. So, so the dogs came down and beat, beat Cheeseburger and his partner up, but his partner couldn't continue. So Bully Ray, that's when Bully Ray came down and said, you've, you've got to have a partner. I can't let you have a two-on-one match. Yep. Cheeseburger kind of guilt-tripped Bully Ray into being his partner. Yeah. Um, and then Bully Ray did a few spots and then turned on Cheeseburger. Yeah, and did the whole... You're what's wrong with this business now. You young guys, you millennials, you're so entitled, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. These you flip Gordon types. I mean, if you can have a flip Gordon at anything, the flat earth stuff is what you have a go at <laughs> for. Not because he does flips. His name's Flip Gordon. <laughs> yeah. So he um Flip Gordon kept well no, the Joe Coff, Joe Coffee, Joe Coff? The the head of the owner of Ring of Honor? Oh, it's not Joe Coffee, that's the uh, ICW. What's, what's he called? I can't remember. It's called Joe Coff. Joe Coff. I think it's called Joe Coff, yeah. Joe Coff. Um, he came down to like ask Bully Ray what he was doing or whatever and then Bully Ray's like calling him an old man and trying to get him to come into the ring mm. and, uh, and then Flip Gordon came down and then he, that's when he's got cheeseburger in like pile driver position and he keeps yeah. saying like it's banned in Louisiana which I didn't know it was banned in Louisiana to be honest. Mm. Like, But then the one thing that came out in that article that said it was banned in Louisiana was that ROH wasn't applicable to it. Why? ROH and WWE weren't applicable to that rule. But is then, it, is w- there a reason why? Uh, because Do they it, like... it's only for smaller indie shows because they've got their own like uh, checks and balances. So they don't they? like grease the palms of the commission and be like, oh, we'll have a we'll have a pile driver. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like he's telling pile drivers banned, so I will get the show cancelled if like I do this pile driver. So don't get in the ring, and uh, and then eventually power bombs him and run- oh, he gets his Hall of Fame ring out, doesn't he? First and puts it on and yeah. shows everyone he's a Hall of Famer. And then he power bombs him and runs away. Is yeah. this going anywhere? Uh, I'm not really interested in a Flip Gordon versus Bully Ray feud, to be totally honest with you. No, and Bully Ray... I mean, yeah. It's just going to be a thing, isn't it? Yeah, but like, Bully Ray were an alright heel for a bit in TNA. Like, if if you... Like, it, it weren't bad from the clips I saw. So, like, I'm not saying that he's going to set world on fire, but he's, you know, he's all right. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is like, what do people want to see him feud with Flip Gordon? No, I don't know who I want to see him feud with, but it just, it seems an odd feud. Yeah. It's, it's just a weird one. We'll see where they go with it. Um, 
So then we've got Cody with Brandy Rhodes uh, defeating Kenny Omega. Yeah, um, this was it was a really good match, and I've seen some criticisms over it, saying that Kenny had his house show boots on and stuff like that. But this is the first match in what's going to be a series. The story's not finished yet, so I'm not as upset about that. I thought it was a fine match. And they did a lot of really good stuff, and it was entertaining, and it kept me enthralled for the 20-odd minutes, 25, 30 minutes it went for. 37 minutes and 15 seconds, according to Wikipedia. Really? Yes. But yeah, it kept me enthralled. I suppose that's a good time. thing if you didn't think it was that long. No. I, yeah. I thought this was a really good match, and then the uh, bump Brandy took off of the ring apron through the table. Yeah, that looks like it hurt. Yeah, it looked like it hurt, and um, Becky, my partner, was watching it with me, and she says... Brandy's probably just thinking now, can someone please move me so my like, bum hole ain't showing? We're a, the, was it, we're a bum hole the, the position she landed in, she was like legs above head and everything. It was... Well, I'm about to go back and watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get enough comments from her about my love of Brandy Rhodes, so I'll stop. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this match was really great and the finish, how they did the Young Bucks making their choice where they went for Cody, but Cody like fell down, and they ended up super kicking well, Kenny. Well, it was it was a bit it was a bit pro wrestling contrived, weren't it? Because yeah. they got in the ring and then sort of like looked puzzled to what they were going to do, and it's yeah. like, well, surely you know you're not making that decision in the ring. Yeah, that might have had last minute change of heart for a second because of everything that's be- happened. Because and- I'm pretty sure they lined up to kick Kenny first, mm. and then they faced Cody. Yeah. And then as Kenny was getting up, he sort of positioned himself behind Cody. Yeah. And then obviously they went to kick Cody and hit Kenny. Yeah. And Cody's been selling it great because he's now released a t-shirt of the Young Bucks cookie, uh, kicking Kenny Omega, <laughs> saying, uh, like, for Young Bucks choose Kenny or something, uh, choose Cody or something like that on yeah. top of the shirt. But yeah, I really like the finish of this match and I'm excited to see where the story goes. Uh, yeah, so at the end of the match... Um, Kenny Omega is like obviously upset that he's lost and Young Bucks go to like try and help him and he pushes him away and uh, goes off by himself. Yeah. yeah it's, like I said, this story's still got a lot of legs to it. So. I blame Kota Ibushi to be honest. Oh, well, the thing in the Hamming Page match was that he was a home wrecker. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he, he, he came in and then that's when it all went, went wrong, didn't it? No, but that's, that's the guy, isn't it? It's... What yeah. do you mean? That's he's the like twinkle in Kenny's eye, isn't he? It's the person he's always No, about. on commentary they said they're just friends that love each other very much. <laughs> That's what they said on commentary. So they said on Ring of Honor commentary. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I'm I'm really loving this story and the fact that these guys, like the young books and stuff who've a lot of people have aimed the criticism at them, they have no psychology of storytelling and now telling this long drawn out story through multiple mediums and multiple companies, I think is really great. Yeah, but when people said they've got no psychology or storytelling, I think they met within the context of the matches. But they they have that now as well. Yeah, like within but, the matches. But, like, but what what I'm just saying because like to be fair mm-hmm. to people that were saying that they weren't yeah. going. Oh, they can't tell stories over multiple platforms on YouTube and on New Japan and yeah. on Ring of Honor. They were just saying well, that they, they were just ha- they were just having dream matches yeah, before. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm really glad that they've worked on that side. Well, it, I don't I didn't agree with the criticism that much in the first place so okay main event uh, yeah so well the main event but I won't really class it as the main event is uh, Dalton Castle with the boys uh, or the lads or whatever they're called the boys, the boys. yeah uh, I loved his entrance I love Dalton Castle defeat, defeated Marty Skull yeah 
See, this match, it, after the Kenny Cody thing, the crowd had died a little bit. And they managed to bring them back in, which I feel like any match that can, after such a massive match that had so much build, to be put in that position is tough. So to bring the crowd back into it takes a lot. And that, like, it's not obviously as big as this moment, but I'll compare it. We watched WrestleMania 30 the other week. Until Daniel Bryan gets going in that main event, the crowd is dead for most of the show after the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match because of what happened. And it was a similar type of thing with the crowd where it took them a while, but then there were spots in this match that got them going again. And the big one, which took long enough to do because Marty Skill couldn't find the powder underneath the ring, but uh, Marty Skill went to throw powder in Dalton Castle's eyes. Uh, Dalton counters it, so he throws the powder in his own eyes. And then the referee comes to check on him and Marty thinks it's Dalton, so he breaks his fingers. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. And then he, he couldn't count. So, yeah, so Dalton then hits the bangerang on Marty and the referee tries to count and can't because his fingers are broken, which is an amazing spot. Uh, just that whole thing, like, I, I just turned and went, it's kind of worth it. It took him like five minutes to find that powder to do that <laughs> spot because that was worth it. But there was so much good stuff in this match. And Dalton Castle, he's not the, like, typical Ring of Honor champion that you'd think of. Um, in terms of like the guys who've been previous champions. And I think he's really doing a good job. I absolutely love Dalton Castle, his presentation, his in-ring work, everything. And I, I really enjoyed this match. And I thought by the end of it, like they did an amazing job with this main event. Yeah, like, like I said, I, I preferred the uh, Cody and Kenny match because of all the backstory and yeah. stuff going into it. Um, but yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike this match. I, like I said, it had a few memorable spots in it. And they were in a difficult position uh, following yeah. Cody and Kenny anyway. Yeah, that I thought it was a great match. And that is our best of the rest of WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm glad we've done a separate show on this because yeah. uh, if, 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 <laughs> if not, I think our Sunday show would have been longer than the actual WrestleMania show that we're trying to review. I doubt it. I think it, <laughs> it, it would have been. We could put three hours of dead air at the end of this and we'd still be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, that, that, that's that for this. I don't know if that makes sense, but whatever. Yeah. Join us again um, on Sunday. Yeah, so we're back on Sunday with uh, Hall of Fame, NXT, and WrestleMania review. Yes, yeah. it's our anniversary show. It's our second anniversary right, show. You're going to bring some cake? Oh, do you? Well, you the one brought it up. I didn't realise. <laughs> Graham, you're bringing cake, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sing happy birthday and then uh, ask whose birthday it is. That's, <laughs> that's a joke for the room. <laughs> and on that note <laughs> and, on, and on that note uh, I've been I've been Daryl say goodbye Daryl goodbye Daryl you've been Dan say goodbye Dan goodbye uh, you find us on Facebook uh, Royal Grumble Twitter Royal Grumble Pod Instagram Royal Grumble Pod Twitch TV slash Royal Grumble and uh, weareniche.com yes see, see you later, later. See you later.